Welcome into the Irish NFL show. We are going to preview the NFC South today. Carl Cronin, Brian O'Leary, Marcus Aloysius Cockerell. How are we doing, boys? Hope everyone's doing well. Presented by Cassidy Travel, Ireland's number one travel agent. So you can search Cassidy Travel online to get the best NFL deals in terms of traveling to the States. You can also get a tailored, tailored deal by contacting Cassidy Travel. Tell them Brian sent you from the Irish NFL show. Colin's got a Reggie Bush shirt in the back. Uh, Colin, NFC South preview. Who are we starting off with? Uh, you have to start off with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They won it uh, the division last year. And obviously, it's been an interesting offseason. So Adam Schefter announced that Brady was retiring. Brady begrudgingly admitted, yeah, he was. <laughs> then Brady announced that actually he was coming back that was possibly despite Schefter um, then we learned that Brady had been flirting with the Dolphins so the Dolphins got in trouble but Brady didn't then Brady disappeared for 11 days came back looking like a different person I mean we're getting into Rene Zellweger territory at this point seeing him at the podium how he looks now in comparison to how he looked during his Patriots days um, he's back for one more year I don't think he is as he once was but it's a Tom Brady world. It's going to be a double-digit win season. Move on. We're on to Cincinnati. Right. Let's go. Thank you. Brian. Like, you're, you're, you're a bit like... You're like, a bit like Wink Martindale there last week, Colin, when he, when he was asked about how Belichick was moaning about the Giants blitzing too much in their preseason game. He said, we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, okay. Uh, Brady, yeah. For, for all the struggles last year, he... Threw for just short of 3,000 yards and he threw for 46 touchdowns. And people are saying he had a season which he's, he was dropping off and had that miraculous comeback in the playoffs. And it wasn't for Todd Bowles and a blow coverage in the second. He potentially could have won that game because the Rams looked like they were on their legs. And we could be talking about Brady in two Super Bowls. They've done a, it's been a, yeah, it's been a dramatic offseason for the Bucks. I mean, you know, we see the we see the convoy and the head coach is there. He's talking real positive about what the plans for the season with Brady retired. Then Brady's back. The head coach is gone. Todd Bowles is the new head coach. They brought in some nice players, you know, on offense to, to support Brady because he was starting to feel that he wasn't getting the players in which he needed. So they got into Atlanta. Albeit Julio Jones wasn't in Atlanta anymore. They got into him. They got Gage, who's been really strong. And then the offensive line goes a bit kaput because Ryan Jensen is out for the season and then they've had another one and then they make a few trades. Shaq Mason, I believe, has come over from the Patriots who's uh, on his day is a good offensive line guy. Defensively, things have changed as well. Whitehead safety has gone to the Jets, but Bunty Murphy was injured for a large part of last season by the time he came back. He was um, he didn't really get going. So there's been a few teams that have just not gone right for them, but yet there they were in the divisional round. So one player on offense I'm really keen to see because we keep talking about Brady and the yards and, and all the players he has available from Godwin's come back from you know the, the season ending injury last year and it's great to have him back because they have such a great connection. The running game, they're saying that's you know, you know, playoff Lenny, but he doesn't do it during the season. But they've got a really exciting guy in from Arizona in third round, which spoke about a few weeks ago. We were saying what player to look out for from a rookie standpoint. Uh, Rashid White looks really explosive. So that could be something that can support Brady because at 45, you're going to need players that are allowing him, that, you know, handing off, making the effort, offense a bit more adjusted to the run game, allowing Brady then to find players available. And yes, Gronk is gone, but Rudolph being brought in and people are going to 
distancing him in terms of what he was like last year because he was injured a lot in, in New York and when he did play, they didn't really utilize him. I'd like to think that's they're going to get the guy in which he was in Minnesota, which is a really strong red zone target, which will benefit Brady because, like, what he got with Gronk in the red zone, put it up there, he'll, he'll take it down. The Bucks, I'll tell you, yeah, the Bucks are winning this division. Like, the Bucks have a really strong chance to go back to the Super Bowl. We can argue the toss about Brady taking his sabbatical for 10 days or he took his 40 days sabbatical. He's still. He's still the best quarterback of all time, and if anybody can make this team work this year with a new head coach and allow the head coach to gently ease his way back into being a head coach again, because I felt he was badly treated in New York, having done a ten and six year to be washed aside twelve months later. Um, look, Brady and Bones have and the offense coordinator seem to have always had a great connection, and there was a lot of talk that Brady didn't get on with the head coach, so it'd be interesting to see how teams go now. But for me, serious contenders for the Super Bowl this year. I think we've lost Mark. I think. Mark has been left. And Mark is back. Mark, I'm people listening I'm to the back. podcast. I, I have a new rule. I'm not, I'm not editing this. So I think Tom Brady left you speechless. Uh, do you want to start a game with the ones? Brady's no, back I, and Mark's back. I, I was going to say, Michael, it was strategic because what I was trying to, to, to depict through interpretive dance and interpretive artwork there was Brady's absence and brief retirement, uh, coinciding with my own retirement and retirement from this particular uh, show for a brief period of time, just with that pause for the podcast so sorry about that michael but my point about this is very simple um was it oscar wilde in the importance of being earnest uh lady bracknell said to lose one parent should be considered uh um could be considered uh, misfortunate or unfortunate to lose two should be considered downright careless uh that could apply to the tampa bay buccaneers because to lose one pro bowl interior lineman could be considered unfortunate to lose three like they have Jensen to injury, Capper in free agency to the Bengals, and Ali Marpet, obviously, who retired and stayed retired, unlike Brady, um, means that that offensive line, which has been such a strength for them during the two years of Brady's tenure there, is a real question mark, especially up the middle. What is it that's the old adage of how you get to Brady, how you get to any quarterback in the league, how you put them off their game? Pressure up the middle, pressure up the middle, pressure up the middle. Well, he's not going to have that safety net, and that could be a fundamental challenge and a fundamental weakness. Because let's face it, in their Super Bowl winning year, the Bucks defense surprised a number of people. Murphy Bunting got a couple of interceptions in the uh, uh, postseason, as we alluded to. Devin White was absolutely on fire, had an amazing season overall, and his combination with Levante David really hit the heights. It's fair to say the defense didn't hit the same heights last year. They didn't have the pressure from the front that they did during the playoffs, and especially in the Chiefs Super Bowl win last year. Um, they relied on their offense. They relied on the Mercurial and Antonio Brown before he had a strop against the Jets. They relied on Mike Evans. And yes, they relied on Tom Brady because coming back from 27-3 against the Rams and in many other games, they got there. But when that offense didn't work, and of course, 9-zip, they lost to the Saints. They were absolutely outclassed by the Saints and defensively flummoxed that offense multiple occasions. Their defense couldn't save them. They still need to put points up on the board. So the one saving grace or the one you know, kind of light in shining armor, light knight in shining armor, I would say for the rest of the teams in this division would be that question mark over the offensive line and whether you can get to now a 45-year-old man and drive him into dirt. Um, you know, that's going to be the question. And if they can get the pressure or one injury and this team is very different, we'll, we'll get onto it in the other teams, but imagine this Buccaneers team with Carl Trask rather than Tom Brady. 
the drop off is unbelievable. So that's that's the uh, that's the sixty four million dollar question ahead. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing about the line. You know, Tristan Wirfs is the best right tackle in the league. Um, Donovan Smith is good enough to hold on the left side. They've re-signed Ryan Jensen, and they've nicked your guy uh, Shaq Mason, Mark, as well. Uh, let's be very frank here. Bruce Arians gone. Todd Bowles in. One. Tom Brady retires and comes back after 40 days, 40 nights. Two. Ali Marpe retires. Three. Alex Kappa free agency. Four. Tom Brady pisses off for over, over what, two and a half weeks for personal issues or he went on holiday? Five. Um, it's similar to what I would say about the situation in New England. I just feel like, you know, if this was any other team with any other quarterback, there would be so much more analysis and so many more hard-hitting questions. But everyone seems to give Tom a free ride because of what he's done in the league, and that's a fair point, and his age. This is the last year of relevance for the Bucs for, for a long time unless they go after a quarterback or bring in a backup. Frankly, they should bring in a free agent in a couple of weeks at the time of recording in Jimmy Garoppolo and have him set his QB2 and bring him in next year for the crack and let him work with Tom. Um, I'm bored of it now with Tom, really, to be honest with you. And um, he's done it all. He's the best quarterback ever. He finally got it out of me. Um, I've remained to be convinced in terms of what they can achieve this season I'm not sold on the Bucks winning this division and frankly am I fully sold on how invested Tom Brady is this season no I'm not I watched a press conference yesterday and the man looked like he wanted to be home watching HBO and that's just the truth and if that is the truth it's sad and I can't wait to hear him on Fox for the next 30 years and I can't wait, to, I can't wait for Brian to complain about Tom Brady in the way he's complained about uh, Mr. Robo. I, I genuinely don't see what the issue is. We're going off for 10 days. What's the problem? Like, what is the problem? I'm not, I'm, I'm Brian, not, I'm not saying there's an issue. I, I mean, I mean Brian, yes. nobody else Brian. in the league disappeared for 10 days. I, come on. Like, I mean, look, it's Tom Brady and we all agree. But no one else in the league just took off for 10 days. James Palmer said it on our show, on the recording, that it was strange that, like, you know, it wasn't being talked about. It is unusual. It is different. It is Tom Brady. The Bucks will still win double digits. And you said and straight, for the season as well. You said strange. Well, I'll go Strahan because Michael Strahan didn't turn up for training camp, didn't turn up for preseason games, rocked up three days before week one in the 2007 season, played on the Sunday for the Giants, sacked Romo a couple of times, they lost the game, and they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. But Michael Strahan wasn't 46. Tom Brady has won. We had a good chat with James. We had a good laugh with James Palmer. We we compared it to when you get a new job and you build up a relationship with your bosses and they trust you and they know you to work from home every day because they know you're going to do the job. And they know, for Brady, like Roy Keane, for example, back in the day, Paul McGrath back in the day, Paul, don't turn up for training. Just turn up on Sunday because we know you can do the business on Sunday. And ultimately, I guarantee you, Tom Brady will still do the business for him this year. You said it as well, Colin, two years ago. It didn't matter that he was in a new team, new system, no no off-season. I'm agreeing with you. He'll still go do it, but it is absolutely strange that he does disappear for 10 days. I, But it's Tom Brady. 
It, don't, it won't matter. Anything could happen. Look, there, after the nuclear holocaust, there will be cockroaches, Keith Richards, and Tom Brady throwing touchdown passes. Uh, just, just very quickly, a couple, couple of very, very quick points. And Mark, you've got a point as well. We'll probably see Gronkowski this side of Halloween, or maybe, maybe before Christmas, he'll, he'll rock in. Uh, but we, one thing I will say is this: we are coming close, and I hope we see it. I hope we see it before he walks away. And Collins mentioned that I hope to God we see it the moment that Brady realizes he can't do it anymore, because I seen that in his eyes the other day in his press conference. I really did, lads. I think well, I think we shall. I, 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 I can't I, wait to watch Kyle Trask for the Bucks return well, to well, relevancy next Michael, season. I mean, Bring it on! You might you might want to watch that after twenty one seasons of the greatest quarterback in the entire NFL history. But one thing is, Brian brings up Paul McGraw, and I, I always knew Paul was a big fan of the avocado ice cream as well when he was uh, taking the time off uh, at Man United <laughs> back in the day. Um, but the other thing I will say is. Because your, your love of Tom Brady is so complete, Michael, you're going to love this. Obviously, this season, if he stays healthy during the season, if he racks up the double-digit wins like Colin predicts in relation to it, he will become the first player in the entire history of the 100-odd years of the NFL to get over 100,000 total yards. And very interestingly for me, he will, if he gets the double-digit wins, be the only player that has, if you took all of his losses from his wins would still have more wins than any quarterback in the entire history of the NFL. That's the class. That's the kind of differentiation we're talking about in relation to it. And yeah, he might be, does get a bit of an easy ride from the media in terms of questions that they don't want to ask because they don't want to impact it in terms of their access. No different to what Montana used to have, Manning used to have. You know, the list goes on. Um, the the top one or two quarterbacks will always have that special relationship. I could allude, and we'll get onto our NFC North in due course, that Aaron Rodgers gets an easier time for me uh, given some of the statements and things he comes out with. But that's that's for our next preview, I know. Let's talk about the Saints. Calm Saints uh, have a new head coach. We had Mickey Loomis on in the offseason. Uh, interesting. It's an interesting time for them because this could be the year maybe that James Winston takes it up a level and maybe he doesn't dance with uh, you know crutches and stuff and the yeah that was that was fantastic. Um, what I what I am loving is and I, I don't know if anyone else will get this uh, reference, but uh, at the beginning of the video for the Carpenters calling occupants, um, it is an alien calls into the radio show and the. Uh, DJ can't understand it. It's a bit like Mark uh, talking, uh, sentences kind of coming in and out. But we 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 get it. Look, I still I think, to be honest, there's a lot of talk around the Saints and the Saints winning this division, and a lot of talk around Josh McDaniels coming in, obviously, and some of that I think is the cause. But Dennis Allen's stint as a head coach first time round was awful. Oh my God, he was with the Raiders. 4 and 12, 4 and 12, 0 oh and 4, fired. It was an abject disaster. Granted, it was a decade ago. Hopefully, it goes better second time round. If it doesn't, um, the Saints are, are in for uh, awful trouble. There is a really good roster there. Uh, defense will be strong, undoubtedly. And um, they brought in um, guys in the offseason. This comes down to, to Jameis and whether you can make Jameis the uh, a good QB 
was um, ensuring that he doesn't turn over the ball. Last year, he didn't turn over the ball, but he was super conservative. Um, he only averaged, I think, uh, throwing the ball 25 uh, times a game. If they're to be serious contenders, he's going to have to throw more than that, but you don't want him to, to turn over. I think the Saints could be one of the most fascinating teams to watch in the NFL this year. They were 28 ranked offense last year, but you could put large parts of that down to the fact that they were struggling with injuries on quarterback and they had to play a number of quarterbacks, one of which I know you guys have a lot of love for, uh, Trevor Simeon back from his days in Denver. And yet they were half away from being in the, in the playoffs. And you definitely have to put that down to the coaching of Sean Payton. He's an absolute quality coach player. You know, halftime, the 49 were 70 and nil down and the Saints were in the playoffs. Massful to do that with that team you had last year. Michael Thomas was out last year. He'd come back, he looks re-energized, he looks re-focused. Olavier, the wide receiver, which they took in the, in the first round, seems to be doing very well. And the offensive line seems to be coming together. You know, Andres, Pete, and Cesar Ruiz seem to be stepping up because there was a lot of conversation about how difficult they were when they have. And then Trevor Penny. Trevor Penny, who was on our show in January, I believe, who was picked by the Saints, and everybody was raving about how He's a real raw material. He's going to be a fascinating offensive line, but he kept continues to get into fights during each uh, each day of the camp. And you're, there was question marks coming out then about what his mindset was like. He's now gone for the foreseeable. He's done. He's done his ACL, so that's that's the end of him. No, not players. I'm worried about Winston. I think last year the conservative was was acceptable, but at some stage he's going to have to start throwing the ball out. They brought in Andy Dalton, which to me strikes me as a situation where they're thinking. We don't really trust James, so we'll have a, a backup of Wilson. A reasonably good career who could come in and win us a game or two because they couldn't do that last year. Defensively, couldn't be strong. That's probably the, the mindset of the team. Dennis Allen isn't handing over any play, play calling for a new defensive coordinator. He's going to do it himself. Cameron Jordan, eight and a half sacks in the last four games this season. Like there's some players in the league that get eight and a half sacks for the entire the season. He gets that in four games. The defense is going to be really strong again, I imagine, with Dennis Allen because nothing's changing. But it's all about the offense for me. Um, I, I think they make a run at the playoffs, but I don't think they win this division. Mark, have you had um, on the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, um, I, I was going to say it, it's easy to forget it and miss it because almost Sean Payton's exited quietly in some respects going through the offseason, something we haven't had a chance to necessarily talk about in, in great length, but. It's worth noting it going into this season. What Sean Payton has done in New Orleans generally, um, in terms of for the city, but also for that team, is is unquestionably an amazing thing. And they, they talk about the statue of Steve Gleason blocking the punt from the Falcons game after uh, Hurricane Katrina. But realistically, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, in many respects, were the twin pillars that lifted that city up. And it's a kind of an image of how sport can uplift um, a moment and transcends just pure sporting achievements in relation to it. And and the ambassadorship that he and Breeze in particular gave to that city, gave to that state during uh, the last decade or so has been immense. Now what the, what's happened, they've lost Breeze last year. This year, they lose Sean Payton after probably the best coaching job of his entire career to go nine and three with James Jameis Winston and um, Taysom Hill as your starting quarterbacks is impressive enough. I mean, realistically, they only missed the playoffs because they're 0-5 when you're down to your third and your fourth-string quarterbacks. Most teams would be 0-5 down to your third and fourth-string quarterbacks, but I wouldn't necessarily even include Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill in many ones or twos, to be very frank. So I think 
Sean Payton's role and job We've lost Mark. Mark, you still there? Michael, why don't you give us your take on the Saints? I'm going to give my pick and I'm going to take Mark out and we'll bring him back on if he does pop in. Just give us a wee wave, Mark. Uh, yeah, so folks, I'm I'm really intrigued to see the Saints this year. Like They have really reworked their receiver room. You got Michael Thomas back in after uh, numerous injuries last year. I'm really excited to see what Chris Olave can do in the first round. You know, like first round draft pick. A lot of speed, and they've got one of the best running backs, if not the best running back on his day, in the NFL, in Alvin Kamara. In the NFC East preview columns, talking about the situation and the thoughts that Jerry Jones has on Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, Jesus Christ, Alvin Kamara is unbelievable. If you can get that tandem between Jameis and Alvin and that wide receiver core, they've got a serious chance of progressing well this season, especially in a division where you've got the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons four times a year. Mark has dropped off. I'm sure he's going to come back in at some point. I'll bring him back in if he does. Trevor Penning, I was concerned that he would not be maybe ready to start in this league. And he is now out for the foreseeable future due to a toe injury, a toe turf, I think it is. And it's, it's intriguing to see what's going to happen to this defense. You know, well, first off, Peter Werner is a real standout linebacker for me, but how do you actually manage and mix together Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. How does Dennis Allen get the best out of both those players? Tyron Matthew comes home. It's it's just really, really intriguing to see what they're going to do. There's so many ifs. That's the only problem. They could be a real dark horse contender with James as a quarterback. There are holes on the offense. And there are a few holes in the defense. I'm not going to lie. like it, It's sort of concerning a wee bit. But... I like the way the team is. I like how confident Jameis is, and I like the way that they're not approaching the season where they're thinking, we're screwed here. They're in a division where, quite frankly, the Bucs this season are going to, in my opinion, lose more games than they did last season, and that could be for a number of factors. That could be losing defensive weapons. It could be Brady going down in his years. We just don't know yet. Um, so I think the Saints have got um, as good a chance as any to win this division this year. Uh, certainly more than the Panthers and the Falcons though. it's the Saints of the Bucks, but I'm definitely intrigued they'll make a playoff run because the NFC in comparison to the AFC is really not great at all and that's why the Saints will probably minimum make a wild card uh, I know Brian you've got a point to make Mark do, do you want to just finish off what you're going to say about the Saints now that you've joined us again yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I would like to thank my internet provider. Um, uh, I was going to say Saints minus Sean Payton equals massive decline. I think it's very interesting that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Alan Kamara, who for a long time was uh, discussed as someone who would be suspended for the first four games of the season because of a, an incident in, in Las Vegas last um, February at the time of recording. It looks like the league are going to and let that one pass, pass passes by. They're not going to take any actions, which is crucial for the Saints to have him playing, as you've touched on, Michael, such a key player in that offense. Um, if he was to go down or he was to be suspended for a number of games, it would be very difficult for them because he's just, I think, Carroll Colley, they were running back his, they brought him back. He had a great Mark Ingram. So Mark Ingram came back. But um, again, he's at the back end of his career. And once he had a great career with the Saints initially, and he, you know, he did well when he came back in, realistically, he's not going to be the answer for them. So um, is key. Kamara is the key to that offense. Okay, uh, Carolina next. Yeah, 
I mean, it's a toss-up between the two, let's be honest. Oh, God, here we go. Baker Mayfield, Christian McCaffrey, Colin. You know, you know what? I'm just going to sum mine up very quick. If Christian McCaffrey plays all 18 games this season, I'm buying everybody in this live arena here a dinner. And they're not going to make the playoffs. I do think it's intriguing about Baker Mayfield, Colin, potentially getting back to the 2020 level with Cleveland. He's banged up from his time in Cleveland. He may need time to adjust. But if they give him that time, who knows what could happen next year for me. I just don't see them as a contender in this division. Um, the the Panthers are the most consistent team in the NFL, um, believe it or not. Because um, in 2019, 2020 and 2021, they, had five, they won five games in each season. Five, five and five. Uh, I think um, that, that that is the model of consistency. Not what you want, though, and not what you want when you've the second richest owner in the, the league. I don't have much time for Matt Rule. I think I've kind of made that obvious on, on the show. Um, I think he struggles with the transition from college to, to the NFL. He's not Urban Meyer, but I, I, I think he struggles. Um, I, I do like the Baker Mayfield uh, trade. I, I think if if I was the Washington Commanders and I saw how that played out, I would be feeling, oh, oh dear. Um, I think it's good news for DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Um, yeah, But Chris McCaffrey, that is the issue Michael D talked about, the injury, can he stay fit? I think that they will... Um, or should win more um, than five games um, this year. So they uh, upward trajectory, but I don't know if Matt Rule will be in situ next year. I really doubt it. Five, five, five. I've loved the number five for Kayvon wears five, doesn't he, Michael? He bought that jersey. Um, But uh, they lost their their best pass rusher, Hassan Reddick. He's gone to the Eagles. We discussed that earlier on. That's a huge loss. Brian Bournes has stepped in, have a really strong season. And Jeremy Chin has to have a really good, good season. Defensively, he started off really well last year. And for large parts of the season, it looked like they were going in the right direction. They started early defense. Even in the games we're losing, defense was still remaining very strong. Another interesting player you didn't mention there, Colm, and wide receiver Terrence Mitchell Jr. coming from second year. There was a lot expected from him last year. It didn't really materialize, but you put that down. So quarterback, Ben McAdoo, the new offensive coordinator. And despite his troubles as a head coach at the Giants, Fourth year he was very strong, brought joins to a ten and six record in the playoff. And in the year, the, the reason why he got the job was because he was so successful with an experienced quarterback in terms of prolonging Eli Manning's career in terms of being productive on the field. That's where you need to get out Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield. You're talking about Christian McCaffrey and injuries. Baker Mayfield has injuries, and to be honest, you know, I, I think you're talking about airing your views on Matt Rule. I think everybody knows how I feel about Baker Mayfield. Um, Christian McCaffrey, the last thirty three games, he has missed twenty three of them. He's only played 10 games in the course of three or four seasons. So for Michael to say that he's going to, we're all getting free dinners because Michael knows there's not not a chance of that, you know, happening in terms of Christian McCaffrey playing 18 games a season. That's unfortunately we're not team-in-mind. You have to drive up. We'll have it in Straban, up to Straban. Drive up to Straban, I'll get you. I I, I paid 38 euro last Wednesday night for a steak medium, medium to well, 38 euro. I wonder what Straban charges for a steak. Um, imagine it wouldn't be at those prices, yeah, and the price—the price is right because the price on this team is that Matt Riddle will lose his job this year because he won't be the head coach. Because the force of this team, they're going to have a really difficult season. And in fact, the, the team we're going to talk about next, I think, will have an actually better season than the Carolina Panthers. Mark, more interesting than Matt Rule, thirty-four sterling for a Philistine. 
in the north. Great. I, I've learned more about the price of stake than I ever wanted to know, guys. So thanks for that. Um, I, I, I was just going to say, Christian McCaffrey, in a very sad way, is the salient lesson in why people don't pay running backs anymore. He got the second contract. He got the big money, which he didn't get, obviously, under his rookie deal necessarily. And yet people keep saying, well, don't pay running backs. It's become the most devalued position in the NFL. They're fungible. You can find plenty to replace. And yes, there are some great talents, but generally they're great talents on rookie deals still. Or uh, when you give them the big second contract, Zeke Elliott, for example, Christian McCaffrey, the production falls off a cliff. Um and I, I feel very sad about it because actually Chris McCaffrey or Run CMC, as I like to refer to him, is one of my favorite players in the NFL. I think he's dynamic. He's interesting. He added a whole new layer to that Panther side uh, when he broke onto the scene. And naturally, they wanted to build around him. I mean, they weren't going to build around Sam Darnold. I mean, how ironic is this? We we're talking about the competition between Geno Smith and Drew Locke up in Seattle on uh, a recent review. Um, of that division. And you should be excited about the Carolina Panthers quarterback competition. It's between the first and the third picks of the 2018 draft. The top two quarterbacks that are off the table. And yet nobody believes in Sam Darnold anymore. And there are very few people that truly believe in Baker Mayfield. And Brian O'Leary certainly isn't one of them. And that's, again, where this comes to this fundamental flaw. The Panthers have a decent defense. Granted, they fell off the cliff towards the second half of last season, but they were good to begin with. They have talent across their offensive structure if people can stay healthy, and CMC is a critical part of that. But do you really feel confident in the two key decision makers the most? Matt Rule being one and Baker Mayfield being no. Certainly from the guys' comments, the answer to that question is a resounding no, and I'd have to echo that viewpoint as well. Let's go Atlanta. Um, Colin, I'm pretty blank with what to say right now. I think Arthur Blank has been as well. He went after Deshaun Watson, didn't get him. Has Marcus Mariota as a starting quarterback and has an interesting rookie in Desmond Ritter. Um, Drake London comes in, second season for Cal Pitts. Are they in the pits in Atlanta? Because our guy, uh, D-Led, does not seem happy going by his Twitter account. Yeah, you'd have to say um, didn't exactly treat Matt Ryan um, very well uh, at the end. Um, I I do like yeah, Arthur Smith. I think he is a, a talented um, head coach. I hope that he kind of can go on to, to prove that. Um, I think um, Desmond Ritter will be starter uh, by the midpoint, certainly, if, if not before. I, I don't have um belief in Marcus Mariota um and I Ritter I, I think it is an interesting one it is, so I think they'll try him out and, and see what happens it it is the transition um you know the day Calvin Ridley and, and Julio not there but they they do have uh Kyle Pitts they had Drake London and they have uh Patterson who was kind of the breakout player uh, last year the issue, I, I think, is probably in the trenches uh, for them. And I, I think that's where um, they're going to have real issues, both on the offensive line and uh, the defensive line. And that, I think, is what will dictate their, their season, how those two units produce. 
Um, Cordell Patterson, I mean, he's such an underrated player. He, you know, he was in Chicago, he was in New England last year, 11 touchdowns, over 1,100 yards. He's like the Swiss Army knife. He's like their version of uh, Taysom Hill over with the Saints, you know, in the same division. But they have some good players. Like they change anyone you have to go and play. The quarterback thing is unusual because we spoke about it at the time. We couldn't make up our mind of what's going on in Atlanta because on one hand, they're in for Deshaun Watson. They're all in on the, one, on the quarterback despite the surroundings of what was going on in the background. And then, yet, yeah, once that deal didn't materialise, they go and take Mariota in a sense. It's a rebuild. Yeah, Mariota like, didn't play a lot last year. You know, he was brought in for specific players to, to suit that Raiders offence. You know, run pass options I played. Are we going to see a lot of that potentially? Will he get injured after a while? Continuously running? I'd imagine so. And then we might see Desmond Ritter. Or the season gets away from him. But um, there's other players like Zach Reese, the uh, Greek name to wide receiver, was really strong last year. Frisco's come off from the Titans. He's a really efficient tight end. Drake London, judging by what we're hearing from him, he looks explosive enough and he's, he's gone top 10 in the draft. They've got players. And then they, an interesting one, uh, Brian Edwards. He was a third round pick for the Raiders two years ago. They traded him over. So they've got players to score points defensively. They've actually brought in quite a good few cornerbacks and really efficient cornerbacks um, with a lot of experience in the NFL. So they're talking, if you're reading, that they're saying they're going to be really comfortable with the secondary. And it's up front, there's players like Lorenzo Carter's coming from the Giants who had a really strong time there. Couldn't agree a contract. He's from there. He went... Went to college in Atlanta, suits him to go back there. Grady Jarrett, they have players. I, I don't think it's as bad as people make it. I think this, we're going to see some surprises from this team. From this team. Um, I'm going to be really quick, Michael. I think Brian's right. They have brought in, you know, um, reinforcements of wide receiver and cornerback. But the problem is, Column's also right. They haven't, in my opinion, done enough to shore up that D-line and that O-line sufficiently. So the wide receiver is going to be relevant because the quarterback isn't going to get the time to get it out to them. And the D-line's not going to get enough pressure and cornerbacks can't cover forever. They're the, you know, There's a lot of weaknesses in this team, I would say, but the lines are the biggest fundamental challenge. If I'm being brutally honest, I know D-Led isn't very happy over at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, but um, the high point, for Atlanta Falcons to the 2022 season was a brief moment at late February when it looked like that the starting quarterbacks they were going to face in their division were going to be Taysom Hill, Kyle Trask, and Sam Darnold. That disappeared, that lovely dream, that lovely image disappeared. And then they have Calvin Ridley suspended for the year for gambling uh, as well, which obviously adds insult into injury. So one of their most talented players uh, locked out effectively for that. So that that's... But that's the reality. That could be the high point of their entire season. It's a rebuild year. They need a almost a bad year to, to get a, a pick. I mean, Matt Ryan was the third pick for them in 2008 when they came back after the, you know, the horrible dog fighting sound of Michael Vick. That's almost what they need. They need a high pick, go back to the, the well on the quarterback uh, and rebuild the franchise again. I think the way that Matt Ryan was treated was an absolute disgrace. Um, there were a number of occasions last year when Matt Ryan took, team, took that team from a defeat to either a victory on seven occasions or close on a number of occasions. And if Marcus Mariota was in that, situa- was in that situation last year, they wouldn't have got seven wins. Um, there was obviously numerous positives that were mentioned there um, by everyone. Um, Drake London. I really like Desmond Ritter in, in, in the preseason so far. But the reality is they may have one of the best corners in the league in, in AJ Terrell. They're, they're not going to be able to get near or more than seven wins this year. It's it's not going to happen. They haven't it's 
it's hard to see where their wins are going to come. They're, they're, they'll be fun on both sides of the ball offense defense, but it's not it's not going to happen this year. And quite frankly, they almost deserve it because Matt Ryan should have been able to walk off into the sunset when he wanted in that city. And it's uh, it's very, very disappointing. Uh, okay, so picks for the NFC South. Colin, who have you got? Bucks, Saints, Bucks. Panthers, Falcons. Uh, Bucks to win the division, Saints to finish second, Falcons to finish third, and the Panthers to finish at the bottom of the division. Mark, who have you got? This used to be the division when... This used to be the division, like, where people went from worst to first. Not this year. This is exactly the same as last year. Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons for me as well. I'm glad we got that one out at the end there. Um, and I have got... Um, the Saints winning the NFC South, the Bucks finishing second, close enough. I've got the Falcons finishing third, and the Panthers finishing fourth with both teams and the two collectives quite close to each other. But I do think this is the year that uh, the Saints win the NFC South again in some situations. Uh, right, that's it for our NFC South preview. You can check out all of our previews on YouTube. Big thanks to Cassidy Travel. Search Cassidy Travel for NFL trips. Across Ireland, or across Ireland, across the US, and also contact them for your own personalized trips. Uh, check out the NFL Game Pass link in the description below. Over 270 non blackout games in Ireland and the UK. Big season ahead of us. If you're listening to the podcast, please give us a review and add a comment. Like, share, subscribe, YouTube. Really appreciate it. And we'll be back for our NFC, uh, our final NFC preview in a bit. Cheers. Cheers.